as people that are not wicked, rather cruel. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is the Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Avrocha. In our parsha, Parshas Korach, we know that Korach came with his gang, Korach ve'Adatsoi. They come up to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say to him, based on Korach, Korach's leading the gang, and he's saying, Who are you? Kulanu Kedoshim, we're all holy people. Why are you the one that claimed to be the chosen one? It's enough. We should also be uh, in charge of some things. How come you're in charge of everything? What's going on over here? That pained Moshe Rabbeinu so much, not chas v'shalom because he cared about his own kavod, his honor, but rather because he cared about the, 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 the truth, the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He knows HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants Moshe Rabbeinu to be the leader. That's why we call it Toiras Moshe, comes through Moshe. And at the end of the day, what this rebellion that Koirach was leading was very dangerous to Klal Yisrael. It was dangerous, it was putting everything at stake, the Torah, and the idea that Moshe Rabbeinu is leading us, who knows where this could lead. And Moshe Rabbeinu realized, obviously, that this has to be put to an immediate stop. And hence, we know in the Parsha it says, Moshe Rabbeinu says, okay, get ready, bring all your gang, and we're all going to bring k'toyres, sacrifice k'toyres, the incense, ta'kadosh b'ruchu, and whoever's the chosen one, everything will be fine. Hashem will accept his offering. And the rest, something very abnormal against nature will happen to prove to you how incorrect this is. And that is the ground's going to open up and swallow everyone else. And the Pele thing that we see, says the Saba Mikelem, is that the Pasuk then goes on to say, Moshe was very upset about this whole scene. And he, and he told HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please, he pleaded with Hashem, Al el please don't accept their offering. Says the Saba Mikel and brought down in Darke Musa, Barav Neumann, Satsal. This is a Pele. Vechi, Moshe Rabbeinu has to plead and beg and ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, don't accept their offering? Hare, we all know what we, the, the end game would be if Chas V'Shalom HaKadosh Baruch accepted their offering. This would put everything at stake. They would, this would give momentum to, the, to all this rebellion, which could put at stake everything, the Torah and everything. So why did Moshe Rabbeinu have to plead with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please don't accept their offering? Isn't that obvious? You see from here, this story reveals to us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in the spiritual DNA of the world how extreme and powerful our prayer could be. We already say other things that HaKadosh Buhu put in the spiritual DNA of the world, such as the idea of Shalom, to be at peace with people, is huge. It's a kli kibul for bracha. It's a vessel to be able to get shefa and blessings from HaKadosh Buhu. And today we're trying to bring out the point that is clearly screaming out from our parsha, says the Saba Mikelim, about the awesome power a tefillah of a yid has. We know that what singles us out from the goyim is the power of our mouth. The mouth is a very kadosh thing and it could go either way. Anything that's kadosh, we know anything that's holy also has the potential of going the other extreme. You can use your mouth to horrible things. We know everything, the mouth, when you speak badly about someone or embarrass him, it's like you're killing him. On the other hand, with the mouth, you can learn Torah. With the mouth, 
you can daven to Hu, and that's and there's an unbelievable power that's hidden there, and that is exactly the koach of Bnei Yisrael. Ele barechev ele basusim, but we're maskir Hashem Hashem. We daven to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, va'anachnu b'Shem Elokeinu naskir. We're going to mention Hakadosh Baruch Hu's name. We know Esav's koach is with the cherev, with the sword, and our koach, our strength is with our mouth. Davening to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We see that even though it was clearly. It was clear to us that Korach and Adasoy, Korach and his gang were wrong, but still, Moshe Rabbeinu said, I know the way HaKadosh Buhu runs the world, and there's still going to be a Korach for their tefillah. There's a strength to that tefillah. We better be careful, and therefore, I have to stand up and also daven a counter tefillah against them and plead and beg HaKadosh Buhu, please don't answer their prayers. Hagoin Rav Levenstein Zatzal, in one of his forum, Sefer Moifa Sador, he says that the extreme impact of a tefillah is based on how much we scream from our inner hearts. The more extreme we feel and we put our hearts into the tefillah, the more effect the tefillah can be. That also explains that Koyach and his gang realized there was a lot at stake over here. They were facing potential ground opening up and swallowing them up, which indeed happened. And hence, you can imagine how strong their davening was, their prayer to HaKadosh Buhu. The Rambam in Hilchus Taini says that if a person or the Klal Yisrael are at stake and there's difficult times happening to them, if they don't cry out to HaKadosh Buhu, Im lo izaku, he clearly defines it as, a as people that are not wicked, but rather cruel. Cruel? Why is he using such a description? The obvious answer is, based on what we're saying, if a person doesn't feel for another Jew, especially for Klal Yisrael, and he doesn't go out to daven for them, then he, doesn't, he has such an awesome ability to affect the situation. And if he doesn't do that, that's cruel, being cruel, seeing your fellow Jew hurt, and you can daven for them. And we know the koach of the tefillah, as we're explaining now, and you can have an effect on them for the better, because that is the name of the game. HaKadosh Buhu put the spiritual DNA in the world that you can daven and affect for the better your fellow Jew and you don't do that. Perhaps, not perhaps, it's pretty obvious that that is one of the things that make a Gadol Ador a Gadol Ador because people come up to him not only because the high level of Torah, but like we said last week, also of Gershon Edelstein, this was true also about Reb Chaim Kanievsky and Reb Shtaim and all the Gadol Ador. As Reb Shimon Shkop says in his Akdama, the bigger a person is, the more he feels connected to Klal Yisrael, the more it hurts him when another person's in pain. So when a person goes to Gadol Ador and shares with him the pain he's going through, he mamash feels it and hence his prayer, his davening, his bracha is so much more powerful based on what we're saying. Just a couple of examples that scream out this idea. Says Lev Levenstein in his uh, Sefer, brought down by the Saba Mikelem, the Gemara Numa Daf Nun Gimel says, that during one of the most holy times during the year, Yom Kippur, when the Kohen Gadol goes to Kodesh HaKodoshim, on his way out, he davens for all kinds of very important things. One of the things he davens for is a bit of a pele. He davens that when Oivrei Drochim, which means people are going between cities and it, started, and it's rain, and it rains, so they're going to daven for HaKadosh Baruch to stop the rain because it's very difficult for them to walk in between cities of Ridochim when it rains, especially in those days. So he, Daven Sakadish Buhu, please do not accept their prayers. 
And the question begs itself, that is what the Kohen Gadol is doing, the holiest person on the holiest day during the holiest time? And the answer is yes. Why? Because we know there is going to be great intensity with those davening, that prayer that those Ovri Dachim are doing. That's going to be very painful for them to have rain on them as they're going from place to place. They're going to daven to with all their hearts to counter that. The Kohen Gadol has to daven. Yes, during this holy time. Once again, we see that when a person davens with the intensity of the hearts, there is no end to the major awesome impact this daven can have. It can bokeh and get up to kiseh akavoy. Similar idea, the Balei Musar bring down the second parak in Makois. When a person accidentally kills someone, he has to be sent to exile to the Ari Miklat, which is the cities of the Levim. The Ari Levim. And he's stuck there. Until when is he stuck there? Till the Kohen Gadol of that time passes away. As a result, the Gemara tells us that the mother of the Kohen Gadol used to make sure that everyone that's in exile, that accidentally killed someone and is now stuck in that city, they go around to give them clothing and food so that they'll stop davening that their son will, will be taken away by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why? Because they want out of jail already. They want to be out of that city. And the second their son, the Kohen Gadol, dies, passes away, then they get to go out. And the Balai Musar asks, what do you mean they're going to stop davening? <laughs> Anyone that's stuck there, even if he gets food and clothing from someone for free, he's still going to daven that this Kohen Gadol will pass away because they want out. And the answer the Balai Musar give. It's true that they're going to daven, but the intensity of that davening is going to be cooled off a bit and it's not going to be the same. And hence the chances this prayer will be answered is less. It's not as intense. Once again, we see the idea that the power of the tefillah is as a function as the intensity of the heart. So many stories from the Gemara and Maimah from the Gemara prove this point, but we'll say one more and then two stories one is very recent from last week. We know the Gemara and Bachus talks about Hamelech Chizkiyahu, Chizkiyahu Hamelech, that the Navi of the time came up to him and said, listen, you're doing a big Avera and you're going to be taken away soon. He didn't listen to him. He said the famous idea, And even if a sword is on one's neck, he should not never give up hope. He should do tshuva. And so straight away, that's what he did. He turned around and he davened Takadish Buchu. The Gemara explains that Vayasef he turned to the wall and davened. So there's two explanations. So the Gemara explains what does this mean that he davened to the wall? So the Gemara explains from the walls of his heart, meaning there was great intensity from his heart into this prayer, which made it more powerful. And in Bishchus that, in the merit of that, he got from HaKadosh Buch another 15 years, that he, was, that he lived for another 15 years, based on the tshuva and this powerful davening that he had. Well, I want to share with you two stories. One's an old story. A long time ago, Rav Zilberstein brings this down in the Sefer. He even says the name of the, the kid. There was a kid that was around 12 years old. And Lo Aleinu Velo Alechem, they found the... the he had uh, cancer and therefore he had to, to go through chemotherapy and he realized that one of the effects will be that he's going to lose all his hair. And when they explained that to him, he started crying. The one thing that bothered him more than anything was the fact that we know there's a tradition for many Jews that they try to 
not only do they not cut their pace, but they want to keep it long. And he says, what? That means that my hair and the pace is going to fall off. And he just wasn't, wasn't willing to accept it. And he started going to his room and he heard this information and he started crying and crying and pleading with HaKadosh Buhu, please, I don't care if my hair falls off, but please, not my pace. And he started crying and the parents heard him scream like that and they were broken and they davened HaKadosh Buhu, please help this kid out somehow. And it was Mamish, a miracle. There's a picture of this kid also. For those of you who are interested, I can send it to you. And despite the fact he went through chemotherapy, his pace stayed. It was a phenomenon that was very odd. But you see from here clearly the power of a tefillah that comes from the deepness of one's heart. Another story is a fresh story from last week. There's a local yeshiva over here. It's called Weizmann. I was told this story from my neighbor. And my wife spoke to the neighbor and she went to the shiva and over there they were explaining how the Rosh Yeshiva's wife, the Rabbanit, the Rabbitson, she passed away. But before she passed away, she was lying on the bed, connected to all this machinery that obviously shows where she's holding, how the heart is working, etc. and all the systems. And you could see that everything was on the way to shut down. So all the kids and grandchildren came and they all davened obviously, needless to say, with great intensity. And suddenly, you saw that every time they were davening, it looked like everything was going up. The system was going back up. And then again, you see that she's starting to go away. And again, it went up. And then they realized that it's, it looks like it's towards the end. And they said, Vidui, and Shema Yisrael, Kabbalah Solmachu Shamaim, etc., etc. And again, they davened, and again, it went up. And so it went until someone in the room, I'm not sure who that was. I didn't get this piece of information clear if it was her husband or someone else, they said, please, just, just do video with her and stay with her because you could see the Neshama wants to leave. Which screams out this idea that because they davened from the Oymek it was once again clear that their davening had an impact and didn't let the Neshama leave. But it was also clear that the time for Neshama was to leave. On the other hand, we know the spiritual DNA that HaKadosh Buhu created in the world is that the Tefillah has an impact. And hence, Yiratzon, that we take this idea with us and realized, even though we're not saying big chidushim in this Dvar Torah, but we should always live with the idea that the intensity of our prayer makes a big difference. Have a good choice. Thank you for joining us. This is the Prism of Torah. Visit our website, prismoftorah.com, where you'll find a full archive of hundreds of past every Torah. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and don't forget to share with your friends and family. Sponsorship opportunities are available for all of our episodes. Thank you, Yonavefa, for your recording equipment. Produced by Ellie Podcast Productions.